Brown, what's up, folks? It is Tuesday night here live at the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios in Tampa, Florida, where once again we have climbed over the 100 degree mark for the 34th day in a row. It has been an extremely hot summer, but that's okay because that's the way we absolutely love it down here in Florida. So, with that being said, it is episode 147 tonight. And yes, Jeff Kerr was supposed to be on with us tonight. Unfortunately, because he has to do hard knocks, he has to reschedule, but it's okay. We know that he has to take care of the Eagles and CBS Sports business first, but we will have an, we will have him on on a later date. So thanks for the heads up from him. Uh, nevertheless, though, we will make sure that we'll reschedule him for another day. But, of course, we've got Eagles training camp starting up along with the rest of the NFL. Also, the news out of Miami, of course, with Tom Brady, with Sean Payton, and the fallout from there, not as harsh, obviously, for anyone else. But for the most part, uh, is there any major trouble anybody's looking at? The most they're looking at as far as the owner of the Dolphins. So not too much in the say-so of people being penalized, but we'll get into that a little bit more as well. Phillies are still looking good, and Pete Rose did come back for the Wall of Fame introduction for a couple of former Phillies players some people love Pete Rose coming back. Some others, not so much. So I'm pretty sure our eye in the sky, Fuji, who was down there on assignment, and he was escorting Pete in there. And in case you guys didn't see it, well, if you go back and look at the video uh, inside the clubhouse, you'll see Fuji with a clown hat and a clown suit. And he was there to distract the kids. But nevertheless, he did walk Pete Rose out there to the field. So in case you guys missed it, you can just look at it on YouTube and you'll be able to find the Godfather out there with a clown suit on. So no big deal. But with that being said, we're going to get into a lot of different topics tonight and maybe just kind of shoot the, you know, the stuff around and talk about things that we may have not talked about beforehand. So let's hope for a great night for everyone. And by the way, for Rob Motti's dad, we hope and we want everyone to send a prayer to the Motti family way. His father needs a miracle the biggest way possible. So I ask everyone to please pray for the Mahdi family because they want to make sure that he does not leave this earth before he's supposed to. So let's enjoy the rest of this evening. Let's talk about all kinds of different sports. Yes, we are back here full time. I keep standing day in and day out, but because of the storms as well, sometimes knock out some of the internet around here. It's okay. It happens. We're in Florida. But thank you for everyone tuning in, whether it be in overseas, stateside, South America, or wherever you get your audio feed from. This is Broad Street South, episode 147. And where did I lose my little intro here, which I know I will find somewhere for the show. No, nope, you know what? I don't have that. So guess what's going to happen? I'm going to jump right on over to Fuji. So normally I bring in our intro, but because I can't find it at the moment, no big deal. We'll bring in the Godfather. So with that being said, the clown himself, the Godfather. Say something, Godfather. Something. There you go. What is going on? Three days. Eagles, Jets, training camp, kicking off the Phils, taking care of business. Up one nothing at the moment. Angel, how the hell are you? Let's get the show back on the road. Talk a little Phils, little birds, training camp, the whole bit. We'll talk about Sunday when I was there. You know, for the double Phils and Eagles, Sean Kilrain with me, doing a little breakdown of training camp. Angel, how the hell are you? How's everybody doing tonight? Everybody, let's get rocking. Yes, sir. Wait, 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 wait. So let me get this straight. Sean, Sean's going to pop in here momentarily, but there he is. So wait, wait, wait. So Sean was with you on Sunday? Yes, he was. Oh, Boy, and uh, where Eagles. was the invite to that party, huh? I see how you're it is. Down, you're down in Tampa. You... <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, huh? always there. It was a good time. Hey, it was. That's... We were hanging that... out with uh, all the Sully guys at uh, EOP and uh, Devereaux Sports. Hung out with uh, Vince Rizzuto, Hollis Thomas. Was hanging out with the guys from Fourth and John, Jamie, Philly sports guy. Ryan Reese and those fellows. No, wait a minute. Is, is E-Rock still with 4th and John? Because I heard he had left. Yes. No, uh, he, he's not officially with 4th and John, but I believe he's oh. you know still affiliated with him. Because I did hear he had left. Now, I'm not too sure if he was planning on doing something else and venture on his own, but I, I from what I understand, I know he left. But, well, it's good. At least you guys ran into him. But, by the way, did you happen to tell Hollis Thomas that he's been invited over 50 million times and he hasn't, you know, 
decided to take the invite, or did you just say, Hollis Thomas, thanks to meet you. I forgot I'm the godfather there, Sean. I really didn't get a chance to talk. Big tank, Hollis Thomas. See, Sean, okay, Sean, your, your assignment, Sean, right? If you want to move yeah, up uh, to executive producer, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> you're going to reach out to Hollis Thomas, right? And you're going to ask him, hey, can you come on? Because the godfather was supposed to ask, and he's the co-host, but he's going to be demoted to the clown since he couldn't get him on. So if you want to become executive producer, just invite Hollis if, Thomas on. If I'm the clown, you're the well, ass clown. Vouch. I think I'm already the executive producer because who did I get? Yes, you Clay did. Harbor. Clay Harbor. Yeah. That you did. Got him. Fuji got him. Hook, line, and sinker. So oh, he yeah? said he's more than welcome to come on the show. Yeah. Got his email address and all for us. X Eagle, Clay Harbor, number 82. Yeah. Clay Thornton, Randy Reed, Chip Kelly error. So now, wait. Yeah. Now, Sean said he was the one that got him. He spotted him. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So now someone man ran. Yeah. Ran <laughs> after him like a running back. Getting that uh, <laughs> touchdown, baby. That's all right. So um, sinker. speaking of assignments, so Fuji, you had one assignment and apparently you did it really well. So I, I heard that you had dressed up as an executive uh, security man and escorted Pete Rose through the not only the luxury box, all the way down to the field. So how did that go for you? <laughs> Why do you got? Why do you really got to associate with me with with all that allegations? That's right. Hey, Tom, what's going on? I, I hope mean, you're, you're killing me. Why? After <laughs> after that debacle on national TV and him being interviewed, I I I hate to make this insinuation, but I hate to say it. But that's why I think a lot of the ex teammates of Pete Rose may not have shown up. Don't get me wrong, Pete, really one of my so? favorite players of all time, but who knows? I mean, no Gary Maddox, what? no Bake McBride, no Lonnie Smith, no Keith Moreland. Uh, there's wow. probably a couple other guys in there that didn't make the For trip. one thing, he speaks his mind, that's for sure, you know. But Yeah. It's yeah. just a fine – that's a fine tightrope to walk. And, yeah, especially. It is, but I, I felt bad though because I saw. So there was what was I watching? Something I think it might have been today or something, or it might have been yesterday, one or two. But I was watching a, a feed from from YouTube, and you kind of feel bad for Pete Rose because I mean he's declined, really kind of oh, he looks, really he quick. Looks horrible. Yeah, and and what I felt bad for because we know that obviously a lot of the fans that were that were in the luxury box area obviously wanted to stop and. and you know, one kid, I think he had a bat. A couple people had a couple balls. Um, then they started kind of like making their way forward to where Pete was. And I, I feel bad because it, it looked like Pete wasn't completely there. Like he didn't understand exactly what was going on. And so security looked like they were trying to push back. And Fuji, you were doing a, a terrible job because someone that went under the ropes and almost ended up mugging the guy. But it's okay. I won't hold that against you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was watching a couple of people. And it's a shame because – you can tell there's so many people that still love Pete Rose. No matter what happens, at the end of the day, the man's going to, I mean, should he have, all right, you know what? I'll start with this before I keep with my comments. I'm going to ask you both. Sean, I'm going to start with you first. Should Pete Rose be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Absolutely. No questions asked. All-time leader in hits. Fuji? Enough said. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I've been saying this for years. I mean, put the guy in the Hall of Fame for what he did on the field. I mean, not as, off the field. As well. Sean, exactly, because I mean, you look at all these other jokers, Bonds, Clemens, McGuire. I mean, if they all go in for sticking the needles and shooting up Roy's, well, Pete Rose better be right next to him. He's right on behind a, them on a baseball era. Yeah. On a baseball note. Not personal, yeah. but what he did on the field. I mean, I think the man did hits. his the man did his just do. He paid his time. I mean, the man's eighty two years old. Put him in, not after he drops dead. Just my yeah, take and, of it. You know, and it's the unfortunate part because I think what's going to end up happening is he's going to get like a lot of people were to get. You know, they tell him, I guess, well, this person passed away, so we're going to do it promotiously. You know, after he's gone. Well, then why wait? 
no matter what happens, look, we know there's been 50 million things that we've seen that, that, that have gone wrong. Things have happened, whatever the case may be. And we know because we've seen it, but what makes me laugh is that there's been other players. Okay. If we want to continue with baseball here, before we get into Eagle stuff, did big Poppy not have a controversy when he was with the Red Sox, just as he was ending his career. And so if you want to talk about controversies, he got into the Hall of Fame. Well, I understand with Pete Rose, we know that he was betting against his own team and stuff like that. I mean, it's been years now at this point. But if you're going tick for tack, then to me, should Big Bobby have been put in there because of his controversy he had towards the end of his career? Well, I mean, I believe there's a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame that have done worse stuff over the years. I mean, to me, baseball always has put a black eye on it, whether it was the steroid era, the cocaine ring in the late 70s, early 80s, um, the Black Sox scandal, everything. I mean, there's the baseball strikes, you know, you turn fans away for years, you know, millionaires and billionaires arguing, finally settling the lockout. Baseball has just had a black eye no matter what era it is. It seems like every 10, 15 years, it's just something comes up. You know, now the game's a lot longer, four hours, whatever. Next year, they want to put robots in to take the place of uh, umpires. I mean, it's just, you know, it was the old, Amer- the old American pastime, but it's there's just always something wrong going on in baseball. And, it, you know, it sucks because, I mean, there are people like ourselves, everybody watching the show, these diehard people that, you know, go out, spend money on season tickets, you know, beer, concession, parking. It's a joke. I mean, like, you can't even take a family of four to a game without spending probably $300 or more, whatever. And it's sad because, you know, you look at basketball, you look at hockey, football being 18 games, 17 games. I mean, it's like the cheapest ticket, and it's like, you can't even you can't even take a family of four to a baseball game unless you go to the minor leagues, which those guys play their hearts out. And you know it, it's just sad whether you go to Reading or Lehigh Valley, you know as far as the Phillies and stuff. But it's it just sucks. I mean, yeah, the Phillies are right now in a wild card race. You know, trade deadline last week. You know, Dombrowski going after Noah Syndergaard, Dave Robin. Robertson and uh, Marsh. I mean, three nice pickups. And, you know, the Phillies needed, you know, they needed the guy in center field with the bat. You know, you needed the starter and he got the closer. So the man did his just do, and hopefully that'll get him right to the wild card and beyond. Just to touch on that a little bit. Yep. No, it's true. And then speaking of, as far as like touch on one stuff, so you have, and and I know you because you can't make too many things of, of, of it, but you have obviously Juan Soto, who was picked up, and Josh Bell over there in San Diego. And I know he's gone one for five, so has his battering average of 300. And now a lot of people are saying, well, should they have done that? Well, you know what? You're not, you, can't, you can't expect for him to do what he was doing in Washington and immediately turn that over in San Diego. It's just sometimes it's not going to happen that way. It takes a little bit of time to get the chemistry going with you, your bat, and your, and your brand new team. So, I mean, it, kudos to San Diego because apparently the owner. You know, there was a, an, an article and stuff that came out not too long ago, and I think Sean may have shared it with me as well, where the owner is not about um, the greed or need or anything else like that. He just he loves baseball, and he wants to just do that. He wants to do it for the fans. He wants to do it for, for, you know, for the city himself. So kudos to the owner because he went out there and got the pieces that he needed to try and put a, a, a at least a World Series contender. Because San Diego, I would say you give it about another – I don't know, year, maybe year and a half. And San Diego's gonna be right in the mix for for a probably good good little while because their farm system has also been built up pretty well. So if only the Phillies can get that message. And speaking of getting the message, the Flyers are probably the biggest disarray in the NHL today, where they've done absolutely nothing and continue to do absolutely nothing. And I know Fuji like to jump on my case because of course, me being out here in Tampa Bay. You know, obviously, I go to a lot of lightning games. I will be going to the lightning uh, Flyers game for sure. But the the Flyers are not doing anything, Fuji. And when I mean anything, 
they can defend them in, until the end of the world. But even here in local Philly radio, everybody who has nobody, at least some sort of sense, they know they're not doing anything whatsoever. Nobody cares about the Flyers. I mean, you can't even talk hockey. I mean, it's it's like WIP in the late the late nineties. Nobody talked baseball. Nobody would talk baseball because nobody cared about you know the Phillies just weren't that organization and went went out to spend the money and you know it's I like to I'd like to touch on back to the Juan Soto issue a little bit if we could. I mean I my thing is with the whole Juan Soto thing is how can San Diego afford Juan Soto? He already turned down four hundred and thirty million dollars and eventually he'll either go to whether it's the Dodgers, I know Houston or the Cardinals were in on them, a couple other teams, you know, one of the big markets. You know, San Diego, I think it's just – I think they're just trying to win now with what they got. What's your take, Sean? Just like you said, I think after this season, they're possibly going to trade them to the L.A. Dodgers uh, most likely. But San Diego just has this – boatloads of money and the GM knows how to swing deals unlike other GMs, you know, do you agree? Well, I think it's, I mean, I, I don't know if he's a free agent coming up or is he still on a rookie? I forget what their CBA is, but you know, it's, you turn, I, I mean, Was a rookie. Washington, I mean, the last three years has dismantled that team. I mean, Harper walked in night eight after 18. You know, they got rid of Trey Turner last year, Scherzer, you know, Stratton. Rendon. Right. Yeah. Anthony, mm-hmm. yeah, went to, went to the Angels. And it's like a three-year yeah. span, you had an, an all, you know, World Series team that just got dismantled and, you know, possibly got some great prospects, hopefully for their sake, you know, after giving yeah. up what Let's they did last they, year. Uh, yeah, hopefully they pan out. And, you know, the whole Soto thing is, you know, to me it's like San Diego better, you know, they're putting all their eggs in one basket going after chasing the Dodgers and the National League, but, you know, which the Phillies have beat them this year. But, you know, but that's a problem, but that's a problem for you. But you're also talking about, too, like how are you going to be able to afford Juan Soto? You got to think about it. The only, if San Diego pursued Juan Soto for some – it's going to be between him or, or Bell. And you got to think about it, the end of the season, more than likely they're probably going to try and keep Juan Soto. So that means that the asking price, either A, because Juan really wants to stay there, he's going to give him a hometown discount, which that probably is not going to happen because he's looking at it right now that he's young and he wants to set himself up for the future as far as having the money. So if anything – San Diego is probably going to open up their pockets pretty deep at the end of the season. If not, they already know that LA is probably going to make a big push for them when the season's over to kind of keep trying to stay contenders. And, or of course the other sleeper could be the Astros at the end of this season when, because they were talking about, you know, they were looking at them as well. So, I mean, you have, I mean, you have a bunch of contenders that can go after them. And, and not even that, you also have Anaheim. That right now they're going to need. I mean, they're in basically a big rebuild mode at this point because yeah. you only have one key player that's out there. So there's different things that are going to end up happening. So it, it's just going to be interesting to see how how it plays out at the end of the season. But Juan Soto is probably going to be the most desired player in the off season. Yeah, but I mean, you look at San Diego's payroll now. I mean, you know, they got so many guys locked up and. You got um, it's a guy's name on uh the guy that's out right Tatis. now. Tatis. 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 Tatis Jr. Yeah, he just I mean, began his rehab assignment. And uh, Machado. Machado at third. I mean, they got you Darvish. You know, and a couple other guys there that are already making, you know, big money. And where's Soto going to fit in? That's the thing. That's why I can't. That's why I, in a way, I could see them trying to just make the run for the pennant this year because I just can't see how they can afford them. I mean, you can't compete with the Dodgers. You know, the Giants tried a close second with some of their payroll out there. I mean, Anaheim, you got Mike Trout that you're already paying over $400 million. Otani, if they don't trade him, he's going to be collecting a, a big paycheck eventually. 
And, you know, whether it's Houston, the Yankees, if I were the Yankees, I'd let Judge go and take a shot at Soto. I mean, Soto's only 24. Aaron Judge is 30. So, I mean, I know Aaron Judge is having a monster year, but what do you, I mean, 24 compared to 30. I mean, what, Bryce Harper's already 30, just about, and he's going into his fourth year. I mean, is he going to be around the next nine years? Probably not. It could be a possibility he's not. I mean, you know, it, the, the shakeup of thing at the end of this year for Major League Baseball, there, there's going to be a lot. You get, uh, I mean, you got Detroit. You got so many different teams right now that are looking to get to that next level to where they need to be. I think the Cubs are probably one of the teams that obviously are going to need a lot of work. They sold the farm, I think, between the end of the trade deadline last year. This year, obviously, they're nowhere where, where they were or where they've been years before, I think we even with the White Sox, if you're looking at it, I, I don't see LaRusha staying there. If if the White Sox do not make the playoffs this year, I don't see why in the world they want to keep LaRusha one more time. And who's to say that Joe Madden doesn't show up in Chicago? Because he's still out there. <clears throat> Unless he wants to be a, a broadcaster, then it's a whole different story. But again, that's that's so you know far away. We're now talking about as we're getting into almost mid-August at this point, as the month is flying by of where the Phillies are going to be standing, what the NL East looks like at this point. So there's so many different things that are happening at this point that we don't, we don't, I wish the Phillies were done more than what they were looking at, but I understand too, at the same time, they want, they're looking at the future. So maybe come next year during this offseason, they'll see who's available. I would probably not make a crazy run for Juan Soto just because you would literally have to open up that paycheck, that payroll, and the Phillies are, are yes, could they, do they have money to spend? They do have money to spend. But you got to build this team up basically the way the Rays do it. The Rays, are, I think, are of one of two of the least payrolls in baseball. And the Rays, somehow or another, Kevin Cash makes those guys contenders. And half of their bench is in disarray because of injuries, but he still has them in the hunt. So if Kevin Cash can do it with basically a payroll of that that's worth as much as the dollar store. You know, the Phillies should be able to do the same exact thing too. But again, I, I know they're trying. They're they're looking to at least try to get to the postseason. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I don't. This year, I, I never mentioned in the very beginning of the season that the Phillies wouldn't make it to the postseason. But you don't know. And if they do, how well is it going to be? And then on top of that, if let's just say Rob Thompson does get him there, Fuji, into the playoffs. Do the Phillies stick with Rob, or do they let him go, and then they bring on somebody new? Well, I can't see how you can't bring Rob Thompson back. I mean, I mean, the guy could be up for manager of the year. I mean, he, I mean, there were a couple games under five hundred when Joe Girardi got fired. Now they're about twelve games over five hundred going into the night. So, you know, Dombrowski did his due diligence on what he could do. He gave up Logan. I think it's Logan O'Hoppy for the uh, for Cindergard, but you know you you didn't want to part with one of your best prospects, but you know you got to give up something to get something in, re in return. So I you know I I could see Rob. I think right now, you know, I believe, and I said in the beginning of the season, the Phillies would make the wild card. Um, how can you not bring Rob Thompson back? The guy has done a phenomenal job with what he had. You know, he, you know, when Larry Bowe even talked about it before, was, you know, putting, like, was selling out there for uh, Rob Thompson. The guy's a great baseball man. You know, he got passed over for Aaron Boone to the Yankees. He was in the Yankees organization for a long time. He's a great baseball man. I mean, I think he deserves the job, whether, you know, they – you know, I, I still believe they're going to make it. And they're right now, I believe I read something today. They're on pace for 90 wins right now, barring any more injuries. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, the whole setback today with Bryce Harper, you know, having the setback with his elbow, you know, they're, I believe the timetable was about two to three weeks, but who knows what it's going to be right now. But, you know, these guys have stepped up. Castellanos was been taking some heat ever since Salisbury went at him about 
I believe, striking out a couple weeks ago. He stepped his game up. So we're, you know, these guys have been carrying the team. Reese Hoskins, Real Muto. You know, Stott's been playing great. Alec Baum. Like, you know, everybody stepped up to the plate when Bryce Harper went down. So, you know, the pitching's getting it done. You know, like I said, the added center guard. But Kyle Gibson and Ranger Suarez have been great. And the bullpen's, you know, been a lot better. I mean, what did they what did they win? 13 out of the last 15, something like that. So yeah, you know, the big the big test is going to be this coming weekend when they go up City Field to play the Mets. And I want to say this now. The Mets are hot. Call me a home or whatever. But I'm going to say the Phils are going to go up there and take two or three. I'm already fired up with this team. Crack that bell, ring it, whatever, smash it, whatever the hell you gotta do. Fired up. This team's for real. Rob Thompson's the real deal. Let's get it done. Let's make the wild card. Let's crack these Braves. I think they're only a couple games back there. So everybody get fired up for the fighting fields. Yeah, no, I think so. And listen, and for the job they've been doing again, for the job that's, that's being done right now, they're they're holding their own, which is a, a great thing to see because it, it could always be a lot worse. But Switching gears over to Eagles camp. We know that everyone is getting ready here for week one of preseason football. It doesn't mean a whole lot. Not really, because a lot of your starters are not going to be in with this now condensed version of the preseason. So we're not going to see a whole bunch of starters. And if we do, we're only going to see them for like maybe at least one set of series coming in. Now, as we know now, there's 17 games in the season. One more picked up from last year. They're still in the talks of bringing two games to make it even because, of course, the NFL likes to make even weeks. They don't like to do odd weeks. It'll be a second year again with another odd week. So as we're coming into now the preseason football, Fuji, do, do if the Eagles don't win, again, it's it's not a big deal. We know they're going to be playing the Jets. If they don't, if they don't win, what is going to be the talk of the town come Monday? They play Friday, so, you know, the airways will be blowing up Saturday. I mean, it, it's preseason. I mean, the rumors of the effort, you know, the first-string offense may be playing a series or two. I mean, right. today, Jason Kelsey is out the week one because he had to get his elbow drained. No big deal. I mean, let the man rest. and You know, it was, it's preseason. I mean, how many teams have gone 4-3, four, 4-0 four in the preseason in the past? Look at Detroit went 4-0 one year. I believe they went 0-16. Like, no, I mean, the thing of it is, today, you know, it's like, it's a shame because a lot of these, the Bears lost five got wide receivers today due to injury. Now, what the hell are they going to do? I mean, are exactly. they going to call the Eagles about Jalen Rieger? Are they going to call Odell Beckham Jr. to come sign there? Because a lot of these, I mean, there's been injuries, all right, not big names, but Another guy for Cleveland tours Achilles today. It's just, you know, a couple weeks. What was it last week, two weeks ago? The Bucks lost. Did they lose their center for the year or just a short timetable? I'm not sure, but I might have been a short timetable, if I remember correctly. I mean, this is the problem today with the NFL. You know, it's a different game. You can't knock somebody's head off like you know, you could back in the day, but they don't have two a day practices and that. Then you wonder why these guys get hurt in a regular season, ACL, Achilles. So, you know, concussion, this, that. All right, I understand the whole CT thing, but, you know, it's like it's like flag football anymore, we hate to say. I mean, these athletes are supposed to be bigger, faster, stronger. Nah, I'll take, I'll take the days of Chuck Bednarik, Reggie White. Brian Dawkins, whoever. I mean, you know, you don't want to see somebody, you know, really get hurt or break a bone, but that's the name of the game. But today, you might as well just play patty cake to a point. Right. And, you know, they, they make these, excuse me, they make this big money. You know, they're all divas. And, you know, 
you know, they're all coddled. And back back in the day, the money they get today, those guys should have got the money they get. But, you know, it's, you know, with this, what do you call it? CBA, you know, that's just how it is. You know, it's, you can't, like, I think the Eagles finally put pads on, but nobody's tackling. Then you wonder why, like I said, these guys just go down, they drop like flies. You know, basically, you play three games now, which is nothing. And, you know, you throw Jalen Hurts out there week one. To me, September's still preseason, you might as well say, because that's technically the fourth game. I mean, when they go to the 18-game schedule, it's just going to be two preseason games. So, right. you know, when Dick Vermeil, speaking of the Hall of Fame, I mean, that man wrote – Ran two months of practice, and Andy Reid's practice training camp was hard. I mean, go back, you watch, you know, the interview with Jaworski and all these other Harold Carmichael. Like they thought Dick Vermeil was crazy. Like that was training camp. These, I mean, with these guys today, it's like Club Med, basically. That's what it is. They don't. They don't. It's a resort. <laughs> It, it's you know it's funny when the question comes up and, it, and there's a comment up here I'm going to read here momentarily but it, it was funny because there's been people saying well how do you guys deal with the heat well that's what you signed up for if 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 the NFL was was made to be played during the winter time then it, you know you were talking about how can you guys deal with the cold it's what you do you get acclimated to it that's why when these guys listen I know with the end of the season you know come December if you don't make the playoffs sure do you take that time off of course you're getting your body healthy again it's getting beat up the whole nine yards. All of us understand that. But come March, when you guys start getting ready to for the draft, you already know before that it's going to be the voluntary OTAs and then the mandatory OTAs. You should already be acclimating your body to start getting back into physical shape so that you don't have a lot of stuff that happens today. But, I mean, you have more no-contact practices, more no-pads, and everything else. And in the end, it doesn't matter because you stay, these guys still get hurt. But you're right, because Dick Vermeil, the way he used to do things before, you know, when you look at it now, it's like, oh, I can't believe they did this stuff. You know, how dare they, you know, end up pulling their mask? Or how dare they make them run the drills they were running back then, you know, when they hit hard? Well, yeah, because that was a different era. Now, with these new CBAs, with everything else, yeah, do they get pampered? Of course. What doesn't happen is then you get these guys to come to practice, and they know they want to sign with a team or they want to get traded. And then what do they do? They sit out during a practice. Why? Because they get these agents that tell them, listen, yeah, you might get paid a fine, whatever case may be, but if you show up to practice, you don't practice, but you show up, you can't get fined because you're there, party activities. So then what's the point of being there? Because you're being a distraction for the rest of the guys. But because every year we start to see more and more and more of these guys demanding more money. They're wanting more. I need to be that next highest paid you know, quarterback. I need to be the next highest paid running back. They start seeing all that stuff, and it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But this is because they become spoiled divas at this point. Then you get some guys, they play because, yeah, they naturally, they love playing the game. They made it to the NFL, and they want to see themselves succeed. But it's it's getting, I mean, it's just getting crazy at this point, the way things are happening. But before you, you reply back to that one, Fuji, because uh, we got a comment up here. It says, what's up, guys? Fuji can tell you about Jordan Davis. He's going to be a problem, which we saw. Well, somebody posted something today. Jordan Davis being Jerome Brown reincarnated. Let's let's pop the brakes on it a little bit. I believe Jordan Davis is going to be a beast. But, you know, for him to be a Jerome Brown, which we never, to me, the man would, would have been a Hall of Famer. Guaranteed, I'll, I'll say it now playing next to Reggie White and dominating that defense. Different era. But, you know, I I believe he's going to come in. I mean, the other night, he looked, basically looked like he was on skates, pushing the uh, offensive lineman back. But, you know, let, let's get a couple games under the belt. Let's make sure everybody stays healthy. Let's not put anybody in the Hall of Fame yet. Like I said, I think Jordan Davis is going to be a beast playing nose tackle there in that 3-4, well, let's just give it some time. I know I'll probably take some heat for what I'm saying, but let's not crown him Jerome Brown. It was a different era, and Jerome Brown was a dominant force, and the man can move and collapse and beat up that pocket, shut down the run, 
smack the quarterback, sack him, cause turnovers. Right. You know, I know how he moved up two spots and gave up four picks for the man, and I love the draft pick, but I'm not being pessimistic. I'm just being a realist. No, it's absolutely true. And Wall Dog 1234 says Davis was a great pickup. Uh, was very much needed in 100, and, and that's true. If he's keeping it 100, as as Walt said here, it, it's absolutely true. It's it's what the Eagles needed. I mean, you you see him; he's a fierce competitor. You can see it out in the field. And and what he again, he knows it's his first year here. He knows he's going to be working with Fletcher Cox. I mean, there's he knows the pressure that's going to be added to him. So if he wants to be a standout during practice, during training, of course, because he knows he got picked up, and and there was a great probability that Eagles wouldn't have gotten him the way he landed as far as and, and what the Eagles had to do in order to be able to make him eligible during the NFL draft. But I don't, for me, I don't see anyone. Hopefully no one's complaining saying that he's playing too hard or, or being, you know, Joe Brown 2.0. He's coming into his own and he's going to be to me, one of the greatest offensive linemen. Maybe the Eagles have seen in a long time. We've talked about it for the last three years on the show that we've needed to see this defense pick up to where they used oh. to be before that gangrene defense. And we haven't seen it. So if Jordan Davis is the first stepping stone for us to get back to where we were yesteryear ago, then so be it for me. I love the kid. I think it's, it's going to be a, a great addition to his defense. I think the Eagles defense is probably hasn't been, I haven't heard them being talked about so much on different media platforms as much as they had this season. And I think as much as maybe people thought they were going to be a sleeper and that Nick Sirianni, you know, he was in over his head. I think Nick learned a lot from last season compared to this season. And even if, you know, what are it, and you hear it again when people bring up his whole, his whole flower thing, you know, you got to put it here and let it grow in 109 yards. Well, no matter what the little sayings that he's saying, obviously they worked. Now, on the flip side to that is it still makes me laugh how much people still want to ride Jalen Hurts about, you know, is he going to be good? What are the expectations going to be? You know, how well is going to be? The other day I ran across like some YouTube clip where people talked about, you know, well, here's the mistakes he made last year. Last year is last year. This year is this year. We can't compare the 2017 Super Bowl championship team to the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles. You're talking about two different things. You got to see whatever Jalen's going to do this season. Is he going to be our quarterback for the future? We're all going to find out. And it's not going to be because of week one. It's not going to be because of week two. It's going to be the entire season. How much of an improvement does he make from last year to this year? So it's amazing to me how much naysayers are still out there and judge and jury on Hurts when the season has even started. So in practice, that's where you iron all this stuff out, you know, when, and if you have joint practices, that's great, but it's just, it's amazing to me how some people just can't let certain things go. And this, I don't know what's going to take for the man to have to prove himself, but I think he's going to have a much better breakout year this year, especially with the weapons that the Eagles load around him. Oh, there, there's no excuse. I mean, you went out and got AJ Brown, you got Dallas Goddard, you know, you got Devontae Smith. There's, there's no, reason that this team shouldn't play. On paper, I want to say. I mean, Brian Dawkins always said somebody can always look great in practice. It's what you do when you go out in the damn game and prove it. Right. I mean, everybody could, like Jalen Rieger last year, one-handed catch against the practice against the Patriots. What the hell did he do last? How many damn balls did he drop? Let's see it in the game. Everybody always looks like a stud in practice. It's the yep. games where it matters and it counts. I don't care what anybody says. Let me blow a gasket, five gaskets, it don't matter. I'll do it till I'm blue in the face. Your no, team he... looks great on – here's another thing. This defense looks lights out on paper. It's how Gannon utilizes it. You got to blitz. There's no reason this team, this defense, shall lead the league in tackles. I mean, not in tackles, in turnovers and sacks because they were third – in the least amount of sacks last year in the NFL or second behind Atlanta. There's no excuse. You got it just depends on what the what Jonathan Gannon does with this defense. And and, yeah, um, and just unleash the beast and send the house every damn play. Because you got Bradbury and Slay back there ready to shut be shut down corners. And you probably can't get any better than these two. 
or at least the top five in the NFL right now. You know, being at camp over the weekend, I know you got to see the Phillies. Obviously, you got to see the Eagles. What just viewing what you saw of Fuji down there, and and you're obviously on assignment down there with Philly Sports Trips and Hollis Thomas and everybody else, the entire gang. But uh, and by the way, speaking about gangs, first of all, I want to remind everybody that once again we are trying to fill up the Broad Street bus to DC, and don't forget that my co-host will be driving the bus, so we need to fill the bus. So Fuji could be just as pumped up as he is on the show behind the wheel, making a way or down to DC because once again, we will be Carson Wentz and those, you know, DC United soccer champs. Cause I'm not even going to say exactly what their name is, but <clears throat> to me, <clears throat> and please, by all means, visit phillysportstrips.com so you guys can travel with the pros and watch the lineup that they have for the trips. So many different people that are going to have, as far as the tailgate experience, the Houston trip should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, Fuji and I want to be now there amongst everyone else, So, and along with my producer. And so there's lots to come here for the season, but if you guys want to travel with the pros, please visit phillysportstrips.com and fill up the Broad Street bus down to D.C. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But seeing what you saw over there at training camp, how does this team look up at least look for you even going into week one of uh, preseason football? I mean, the connection with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown is like T.O. McNabb 2.0. I mean, it's, you know, two different players, two different eras, but, you know, they're all on the same page or best friends, and, you know, hopefully you – it, it's just kind of hard to judge what you can really see in, in the practice because, you know, hip, you know, you got 90 guys out there fighting for a roster spot. Right. I mean, I mean, half of them will get caught practice squad and, you know, the starters are already pretty much, I mean, from, you know, from what I'm, you know, what I'm seeing, like Davion Taylor is looking good. You know, he's been injured the last couple of years, a linebacker. I mean, I know he's having a nice camp. T.J. Edwards, according to what Dave Spadaro was saying, not Dave Spadaro. Dave, damn. Dave from uh, NBC Sports was probably saying that T.J. Edwards and other linebackers probably having the best camp right now. And, you know, it just I, – I just my, – my only concern right now is – you know the running, but the running game because I just think there's something there with Miles Sanders that this team don't like. I mean, rumor came out a couple of days ago about Josh Jacobs being on the you know trade block, and you know he played in the Thursday night game against the Jaguars. Now, why is a starter out there really playing a couple series? But to me, I kind of thought about it when I heard this. Maybe they're showcasing. Josh Jacobs talent to trade him because I heard he was in the doghouse there with the Raiders. I don't know how true it is, but right. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, how he's probably on, on the horn with every team about somebody. Now well, I'm quite sure. And you know, as I'm as I'm touching on Joe Sullivan from the Sully Squad, thanks for tuning in, Joel. You know, just to piggyback on, you know, talking about this offense. He says, you know, Jalen has all the weapons to succeed. And he does. And there's there's no excuse. You know, barring injury with this team, you know, I say this team's going to have at least 11 wins and win the division. They're taking Dallas. Barring injury, I'm saying. But, you know, I, I think the Eagles could use another running back. I mean, you know, we're saying Jason Haltley is having a nice, a nice camp. And another guy right now that's uh, turning heads is Brent. I think I'm saying his name. Britton Kobe, you know, is making some nice cat catches in these drills. So, you know, I think he's competing with uh, Greg Ward and Jalen Rager. I mean, Eagles haven't had a, you know, the special teams, like people write it off, but special teams is a part of, crucial part of the game. And I right. think, you know, and they really haven't had a real good, real good kick returner quite some time. So, you know, you need somebody back there that's going to be able to catch the ball and, you know, get some good field position. Now you were talking about, you brought up Miles Sanders. I'm going to switch topics here momentarily, but you brought up Miles Sanders and, and 
I don't, I don't know what to make of it because it just seems like tale of two tales. Why do you feel, at, at least in your own opinion, looking at, at what you saw, what's the deal with Miles Sanders? So, and why are the Eagles just not? I, I want to say they're on stream like Nelson Aguilar, where Nelson Aguilar obviously was a difference in 2017. And now you look at it, it's a completely different story. But what's the deal with Miles Sanders? I don't know, just for some reason. And, you know, we go back to the 2020 season. You know, the man, five yards for five point yards for carry. And, you know, Doug just did away, you know, didn't run the ball. I mean, he just seemed to be benched a good part. You know, they were utilizing Boston Scott at the time. And, you know, I think Jordan Howard. And, you know, I mean, there were, I mean, week one or the first week of practice, Kenny Gainwell was getting more reps with the first team than Miles Sanders. I mean, it, you know, we're not down there every week, so I really haven't heard too much about Miles Sanders now. I don't know, you know, he's in the contract year, last year of his rookie deal, so who the hell knows? I don't know what, I'm not saying they have something against him. I mean, I forget how we drafted him in the third round a couple of years, second or third round, I forget, but I don't know what it is. But, you know, is Gamewell going to take the bulk of the carries, Boston Scott, you know, Jason Huntley, a couple other rookie um, free agents that they have? I mean, I mean, to me right now, that, that remains to be seen. Like, it's just, you know, you got – I mean, we had the number one Russian attack in the second half of the year, and he had Shane Steichen calling plays, which Sirianni turned it over to him. So, you know, what what's it going to be this year with the run? Are they going to is it going to be a run first offense or, you know, to me, I you know the run sets up the pass. I mean, you got you got all these weapons around Goddard, as I said, Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, who they picked up from. Indianapolis, if he makes the team, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how many backs and receivers they carry. Over the weekend to, to kind of switch topics here kind of momentarily, but so over the weekend, for those who missed it, apparently T.O., who's still, I believe, my own opinion here, and that still loved in Philadelphia, but where he lives, and, and it's amazing to me, where Teal lives, apparently someone uh, was getting frustrated to the point where uh, they had a moment of, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, the person acted like they were the, the privileged, he called her Karen, and she talked about how she almost, how Teal almost ended up running him over. And then Teal says he's, he's seen the stories, he's heard the stories, you know, he's he's seen it all, but he can't believe in 2022 that he is now a part of it where he had to defend himself. And obviously, he didn't get into any kind of trouble or anything else like that. But it was amazing to me just to hear the person, like, just start crying automatically, saying, like, he almost ran me over. And then the neighbor who saw everything that was going on, she came out and she goes, he wasn't speeding. He went to go park. Like, he, he didn't do it. Oh, he almost ended up running me over. So again, here we are, you know, again, one of the fan favorites in T.O. Some people may have liked him. Some people may end up hating him. But it's amazing to me that we are still in this goofy part of society where you want to blame people for something they didn't do. And if you cry a couple of tears, you make them see bad. But the one thing that I will say about T.O. is he handled himself professionally because he could have gone off the deep end and went completely backwards and off the rails with that one but handed himself like a true gentleman and did actually a good job to try and de-escalate the situation. So I don't know if you had a, the opportunity. I know you're busy escorting Pete Rose and you were doing all kinds of stuff oh, over the no. weekend because you were on assignment, but we yeah. get it. We understand it. <laughs> but I don't know if you had the opportunity easy. to actually see the see the footage or not. No, I haven't. First of all, easy there, TV 12 jersey in the back of your closet. Yeah. yeah. We're escorting Pete Rose and all this other <laughs> <laughs> nonsense he talked. No, I, you know, I heard something that he was involved with something with his neighbor. I mean, let's face it. He, he's a model citizen off, you know, out of sports, 
not a bad thing to say about the man. Um, you know, to me, T.O. just likes the press. He loves, you know, he loves the camera. He's a camera. He's a camera work. Can I say a camera hog, whatever? He just loves the spot. Can't hear you. Try to try to. Yeah, I know. I can't hear him. Try, for some reason, you you muted yourself out, Fuji. So try to see if you. There you go. You'll be right back, folks. Sometimes things happen when we get when uh, Fuji comes back here when a Godfather gets back. It's just how does Boston Scott get a concussion with light practices? That is an extremely good question because it makes no sense to me either when I did hear that one. So I, I don't know. With with as <laughs> the way things are going in the NFL, that's why it makes you want to scratch your head because you see so many shows and uh Fuji, I think you're you're back in your life and I can hear you, I believe. Because I can hear you breathing. Maybe there you go, now, yeah. As I was saying, back to the whole TO. And we lost you again. Something's going on with your audio. Lost you again for some reason. All right, we'll get Fuji back here once again for some reason. Once he talks about T.O., I don't know what it is. His audio went away, so hopefully he'll come back. I don't know if you're hitting something or your mic decided to go nuts, but uh, he'll... He will come back once again. It's again live shows. It's what happens, folks. It's just things go squarely, and eventually they will come back. So we'll wait and see for Vuja to come back here. But in the meantime, always and don't forget to please visit broadstreetsouth.com, broadstsouth.com. And while you're there, take a look at our past guests. Also, our sponsors who are up there and our partners who make everything happen here for our show. And on top of that, don't forget, yeah, let's try this again. But don't forget also to download the audio of this show wherever you get your favorite podcast. So uh, try this one more time there, Godfather. As I was saying, as I got to repeat myself for the third time, <laughs> nah, I mean, it's, you know, the whole, I didn't really hear the whole thing with T.O. I saw something with his neighbor. I mean, the man's always been a, a model citizen. You can't take that away from him. Right. Even though he just wanted the damn ball and win the Super Bowl. But, you know, T.O. always has a lot of the spotlight. He loves all the attention on him. Basically, like I said, he's basically a camera hog or camera whatever you want to call it, if I can say it. I said it. But, you know, it's, you know, to me, it's like you get back to the Donovan McNabb T.O. thing. Just go in the ring and box it out. I mean, this is like 16 years later, and, you know, these two are going at it every few months or once a year without, you know, just squash the beef and move on. Nope. Just might take it a whole tarot. I mean, he's one of my one of my all-time favorite players, except when he played down in a, that uh, other city, which I won't name, but. No, but I get it. Believe me, I, I understand. I'll, I'll remember if, if possible, on the Thursday show, I'll bring it up and I'll, I'll bring up the video there before, in case you missed it. And for those who missed it, I'll bring it back up so everybody can see. But again, T.O. handed himself in a professional manner here as we're coming to the end of the show. And by the way, thank you not only to the, again, the countries that listen to us overseas, but to Australia, because not only are they listening to us in Melbourne. Out of nowhere now comes Perth, Australia, that's also listening and downloading our show. So we like to thank those in Perth, Australia, for listening to Broad Street South. We do appreciate along with everyone overseas as our lawyer listeners are growing. We can't thank you guys enough, especially in South America. It is blowing up. And we thank you to, for your support and for listening in because without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this stuff. And yes, we had a couple of weeks off in between. That was, we we're trying to get things settled. Fuji was on assignment. I don't know. I believe he went to Africa in three weeks and he was doing something down there as well because we have folks that listen to us in Kenya. And we also like to, uh, to find folks down there in South Africa who listen to us. So now that we're back and obviously football season is kicking off here. And, and before you know it, the NBA, the NHL, everything will start kicking off directly afterwards. But 
We'd like to thank everyone for always listening to the show, tuning into the show. Uh, if you are on Facebook, just to let you guys know, eventually there were there will be a notification saying that we will be able to see your name across the screen. So right now, Facebook is doing something where they're not allowing it to happen because of privacy, which makes me laugh because they're listening in all the time. But eventually that will get better so that I can at least associate the names with the comments that come across the screen. But again, Thank you to everyone who tunes in. We will be back here on Thursday night again. Jeff Kerr apologizes that he could not make it tonight. He will be rescheduled to come back on with us later on. But we do have some other folks coming down the pipeline that will be joining us and hopefully some other folks during the actual season that we are waiting for permissions for. They can end up joining us, uh, whether it be during a preseason or before the pregame or maybe some postgame, but I'll keep you guys all posted on what's happening there. And as always, the Godfather is always here with us, so that makes it even more appealing because whenever I have to chase him out of his own home and out of his own studio, I got to make sure he comes back to work because he likes to take that time off, and that's because he's always constantly doing his assignments, but it's okay. We appreciate the assignment work that you do, Fuji, because without you, there would be no show. Oh, appreciate the compliment, but I'm sure you'd navigate some other way i could but it didn't want to be twice as fun as it is when i have you here on the show so but it's okay i get it, i understand it but thank you to our sponsors once again tampa joe's don't forget also speaking of tampa joe's the september 11th game for the eagles there will be a playoff type party but a kickoff season party at Tampa Joe's. And if you guys don't know exactly where it is, it is at 9316 Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the airport right off of 589 and Veterans Highway. If you guys live in the Orlando market because you listen to us over there or down in Miami and you guys want to see the game, but you want to party, there's going to be a tent. There will be a $30 cover, which will give you burgers and dogs and steaks and Cheese steaks. Let me let me make sure I reword that correctly. I don't want people thinking they're getting a brontosaurus burger kind of steak for cheese steaks. And I do believe uh, one of the drinks are in there as well. But there will be a DJ, um, maybe an appearance by someone. We've yet to see if we can put that together. But more importantly, all of you, the Eagles fans that are here in the South, if you guys want to join the best club that there is out there as far as for the fans, Philly of the South, Philly's Philly of the South, run by Mike Klein. Him and Michelle are putting this together along with myself and Philly Sports Trips. So if you guys want to party with us on September 11th, it will be from 11 in the morning till 5 in the evening. So as much as you can eat for that $30, come on down. For the kids, they're still trying to figure out if it'll be at a lower price. But again, we'll give you will keep you guys posted. Or if not, visit Philly of the South. Facebook page, and you also see it up there with all the updates. So don't forget that will be at Tampa Joe's on September 11th. Also, if you want to travel with the best and travel with the pros, please visit phillysportstrips.com and travel with the pros just like Fuji does. He leaves me in the studio and then he goes out there. He hangs with Hollis Thomas, he hangs with Brazuto, he hangs with everybody <laughs> and just leaves yeah, me here. But it's okay. I understand it. That's all right. Hey, listen, if I wouldn't come down here, who would have known the show would ever taken off? So everything happens for a reason. As they said. Exactly. Uh, so don't forget also for LGDirect.net, visit Larry Gilman at LGDirect.net. If you need payment solutions for your credit card terminals and or apparels, you guys see in the backdrop behind me here. And if you don't see it, obviously, because you're listening to the audio downloads out of the house, please visit LGDirect.net. If you guys need hoodies or T-shirts made, Visit lgdirect.net. Don't forget about also Big Star Sports and BigStarSports.com with a Z. Listen to his favorite audio podcast when he puts about 15 to 20-minute segments together. Also, if you're in the Houston market, he gives you updates every day from the Houston Texans camps when the Rockets are playing. He also gets live updates from the Rockets, and he's also involved with the Astros. So for all your Houston sports needs, please visit BigStarSports.com. And also, don't forget to listen to him and Andy Kalou, along with Chris Gordy, on In the Trenches from 10 to 12 Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday. So Big Sarge doing big things, as I say all the time. The man is consistently busy because he wants to bring all kinds of valuable content to you guys. So and for those who I haven't mentioned, again, please visit BroadSTSouth.com for all our sponsors, our partners, and everything that goes on with the show. And if you want to drop us an email, let us know how we're doing or things you want to talk about, or if you want to be a guest, 
please drop an email or reach out on Facebook, one or the two. And if you reach out to the Godfather on Facebook, you can't miss them. It's thegodfather.com. And if you follow him on Facebook, it's the Godfather on Facebook. And it, you know, just pop up with his face and everything else. You'll be able to directly message him. Mm. No? All right. <laughs> Maybe. Awesome. Okay, we'll see. Tom, once again, you and the missus, thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it, along with everyone else. Thank you to everyone. We will see you. Yes, definitely. We will see you this Thursday, where I'm pretty sure we'll be breaking down more things that we hear from the Eagles around the NFL, around the Major League Baseball. And again, thanks to everyone who listened to us overseas, up in Toronto, with our friends to the north and out west. We do appreciate everyone. We thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you come on Thursday. So, everyone, have a great night. Go, birds. <laughs>